Twitter does. Um, I wish people would spend less time on Twitter. Uh, it's I at this point I have no choice because I'm doing <laughs> the, the the curation. Um, but I, I agree with you. The less time you spend on Twitter and focusing on your real life, the more um, healthy your ment- your mental health will be. Welcome to the one-to-one. My guest for this session is Izzy Kim, a Korean-Canadian diasporic artist who creates dreamy images based on her life experiences growing up in Canada. Her art often focuses on life's duality, highlighting how both ends of the spectrum exist simultaneously. Most of her pieces are presented with a layer of the satirical hidden within all of the chaos. Izzy is such a talented force, and I'm grateful we got the chance to chat. Thanks for being here. Let's go. So, welcome everybody. <laughs> Let's kick things off. This is the one-to-one. It's a periodic uh, interview series that I do here in Twitter Spaces uh, with the women, trans and non-binary creators, artists, amazing, talented humans of the Web3 space. And uh, today... I have Izzy Kim here uh, as my guest. I'm so excited. This is long overdue. We were meant to do this earlier in the year and summer happened and travel happened and just life. Family, I had family come to visit. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so I'm M. Branson. I'm your host. My pronouns are she, her. I am located in the Pacific Northwest of the U.S. And uh, Izzy, can you just share with us similar info where as much as you're comfortable, where you're located, your pronouns, um, make sure I'm pronouncing your name correctly? Yeah, so um, I'm located right now in England, the UK, um, but I'm originally from Canada. And yeah, my my pronouns are she and her. Um, and <laughs> I forgot what else I was supposed to say. <laughs> uh, I just want to make sure that I am I'm calling you by the name you want to be called. So feel free to school me, educate me. Um, I'm saying Izzy. I call you Izzy Kim in my brain, but if that's correct or incorrect, let me know. Uh, yeah, no, you can basically call me. I have people calling me by my last name. They call me Kim. I mean, I, at this point, um, I feel like when you're online, your identity and your title is a very fluid thing. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's hard to keep track of it just because, you know, so I'm quite comfortable with just if you can get it sort of in the general ballpark of what my name is. I'm cool with that. <laughs> It's very well said. It really is a fluid thing. It's so interesting. I, I realized for the longest time I was in my brain calling you Ezekiel Kim. And I don't I don't know. I guess my brain mushed together your handle and separated it into two words all at the same time. Um, but yeah, I, I finally at some point was like, no. I went to your website and was like, what is this? What is this person's actual name? How does this work? Um, but yeah, so Izzy, I call you Izzy now in my head. I think I've for like six months or so not had the Kim attached anymore. I don't know where that went, but yeah. No, it's, it's not your fault. My original, um, handle here when I first came in wasn't Izzy. It was Iziki because, um, 
I wasn't sure. I couldn't find my actual name as a, a handle for my Instagram. And that tr- sort of just translated over to Twitter when I began. Uh, but I just found it. It's, some people didn't even know how to pronounce it because it was sort of my first and last name mushed together. So I just shortened it up to Izzy and it just kind of worked out. So you're not crazy. I, I think I did sort of like birth that notion and then decide to get rid of it and there's there's this remnants of people out there who still think that's my original my twitter handle i i'm happy to know that i love being part of the uh the the cohort or so to speak that knew you as a ziki so awesome um <laughs> cool maybe i'll maybe i'll revert back to that no i'm i'm just very aware that names are it can be a very personal thing it's a really interesting thing too that we're all given them by parents and then eventually discover them for ourselves, like rediscover them for ourselves or not, you know, as we become adults. And yeah, it's just something that I'm, I'm very aware of. And I, I like to talk to people about, and I like to understand how you identify yourself. So yeah, thanks for going into it with me. Thank you again for being here. This is so exciting. And, um, yeah, welcome to everybody that's in the room. I see many familiar faces. I won't shout them all out just to to save people um, who are listening back later the uh, <laughs> from the boredom of hearing me spew a bunch of names. But I see you, and uh, it's so great to to have people live in the audience. Remember that we have a Q and A at the end. So if you stick around and you have questions for Izzy, I'd love to bring you on stage. Let you just even chat with Izzy if you just wanted to say something nice about their art, you know, and. Uh, shoot him some, uh, some props or something. Um, so let's get into it. We know that it's late for you. End of your day on Friday, you're in the UK, you're normally from Canada and I'd love to talk about your art. You're an artist. Um, I actually really love to have my guests describe themselves for me as well. So I know you as an artist, but there's also, especially in the NFT space, this a very strong, um, artists as collectors to people creating other things on the side. Um, it looks like you're helping curate a show right now. So how do you identify in this space? Um, yeah, it's, it's, I always found the, I mean, for some people, identity, um, being able to define themselves with a word or two is very important. Um, and it is hard to sort of define myself as just an artist because as many people know, we're just multifaceted, right? There's so many different interests that we hold. Um, part of the reason why I took up the curatorial, um, position or, you know, as I'm moving into it is because that I've been in the NFT space for a long enough time to sort of kind of see what, where I want to put myself in it. I was trying to find out like, where can I be put um, or do some sort of good in this space um, that is needed. Uh, And it took me a while to find that route because, I mean, being a collector, that is a good thing for artists because you're helping them financially, right? You're buying art, you're contributing to the economy of the space. Um, But I also know, like, uh, unless you're making big dollars as an artist, it's very hard to do, right? Because the cost of making art is very high as an artist, right? Just living costs in general are very high. Um, And so um, we do need to uh, keep some money for ourselves. So I knew, okay, I can't really 
be a big, big collector until I start making big butts. But um, there must be some sort of form of service that I can do within this community that I enjoy that <laughs> I don't have to pay thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars to do. So that's, that's basically uh, my route right now, trying to give back to people in this community, but also bring people together. I, I there's, I find the the spaces very um, tribal, right? Like, I, and I don't mean a sense that like people are purposely doing this, but we find our communities within this larger community, these pockets, and I find there's a lack of communication between these communities, right? That have developed these places of comfort and they are places of comfort, right? You find people that you know, that you're familiar with, you have similar ideas and um, thoughts and um, there's a safety in that. And that's a beautiful thing. But um, I think within when, when you're sort of, um, I don't want to use the word stuck, but when you're in those communities, um, sometimes you're unaware of what's going on in others, right? And so that's part of what I wanted to do um, in the future in terms of curation and just introducing different artists from different communities together and so that they can start a dialogue and talk about their experiences in life and so forth and grow that community. And so that um, our personal experiences, individuals, and women and um, LGBTQ plus can sort of move these stories around so that the information is shared. Sorry, I'm rambling. No, this is uh, amazing. That's such a brilliant answer. Yeah. I mean, uh, going back to the very beginning, you talked about, you know, for some people, it is really important to be able to put everything that you do into a word or two. Um, and then for others at the other end of the spectrum, they don't want to be bottled up into a label and they just want to explore and have fun. And then there's all the stripes in between. Right. And then you find us definitely popping into those communities and finding the like minds that, you know, maybe, maybe that's a spectrum that people gather on, or there's a lot of intersectionality happening. Um, what I'm really appreciating and seeing about the show that you're, you're curating, it's called Polyphonic Narratives. Um, it's an exhibit you all are doing with Super Chief, right? Uh, NFT in LA? Yes. Yeah, and it's pinned up tops for anybody that's in the room. or um, It's also pinned on Izzy's Twitter profile. It looks like submissions end in four hours and specifically open call for BIPOC women. So you all are going to curate 20 female and female identifying artists from underrepresented communities around the world. So you're, you're doing it. Everything you just said that you're trying to do, uh, wanting to do to find service. This is a, an amazing, amazing step in that direction. And it seems to me like you're, I, I don't know if you're popping into a new community doing this with the kid Icarus, or is this part of a community that you've, a tribe that you've been a part of for a bit. Tell us a little bit about how you all have decided to come together for it. Uh, well, Icky has always been a really good friend of mine since I got in since I came into this space, we've always sort of like had our own personal DMs. And so um, he's just someone that I can easily work with. And the one thing that we both agree on and something that I touched upon previously is that service is a, a real key to sort of longevity in this space. And I don't mean like you, ha- you have to do it to 
be here long term, but it, it is something that uh, will keep you sane, um, doing something for other people and um, pushing the community forward. And so that's something that uh, we both uh, really care about. Um, and, and everything isn't always about the money, right? Like, yes, we need money to study, to work, to live, to breathe, to sleep. But um, there's also other things that um, I guess as you get older, too, you find that really fulfill a part of the human identity that can't be fulfilled with money. And so, um, yeah, I think for us doing this um, is something that will just keep us sane in the long term, right? Something positive that can um, drive us forward. Um, and that's one of the reasons why we decided to do this because it's, it's, I think for a lot of people, as much as we see tension in the NFT space and certain types of negativity, I think there's a lot of people out to do good things in the space. It's just, um, having to do it right. This is just the beginning. I'm like, it's, uh, it's, it's been, a bit of a journey to get this thing running. But at the same time, I think uh, the longer we can have spaces, curated spaces like this, and the more people that we can link together to form these cross-tribal bonds, um, I think long-term it'll do more good as long as we kind of um, focus on pushing these artists forward who um, who aren't really seen in the communities, right? Um, it's about bringing eyes to what they're doing um, because as artists, we know that we're, uh, like not all of us are loud and in your face and are good at marketing and bringing ten- attention to ourselves, right? That's not everyone. And there's a lot of people that fall in between the cracks in this space who are very talented, but they don't seem to get the eyes of collectors or of other people and they're just not pushed up. And I think it's just the sheer amount of people in the space, right? Um, uh, some people are just really good at using social media and some aren't, you know, there's mental illness involved as well. So there's so many things, um, factors that can contribute to an artist's success here. And, um, it's about kind of seeing, you know, who is out there that requires some help and, you know, bringing them with you as you go along your journey. And I think I'm rambling again. (laughs) Sorry. It's a Friday (laughs) night. I've just moved to a new place and I, my brain is half fried. No, not at all. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, no, no need to be self-conscious. That was not a ramble. Um, I think you're pulling out some really important themes and things that I know you and I align on and, and, uh, I see in you definitely um, the way that you move in the space, the way you lift up others and communicate the values that you express in your art as well. So yeah, thanks for going into that. It's awesome to know more about the exhibit. I've been watching, watching uh, you all as this has come out and um, looking at the submissions and the the pin and things like this. And yeah, it's going to be an awesome exhibit. So I'm stoked, stoked to see who you all curate. That's, that's a very fun initiative. So Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Congrats too. Um, 
Okay, let's get into your art. We're talking a lot about other people, but you are my guest on stage, and I would love to know about <laughs> you as an artist and <laughs> get you some of that exposure that we all, you know, would benefit from. Um, I mean, we know you're an artist and you're building an exhibition and curation stance here, but if you go back to the very beginning of you, I'm going to start with your creative journey first before we get into you describing your art, kind of flip things a little bit. Um, when did you, when did you decide or start dabbling with creating any form of art? I'm curious what this baby Izzy <laughs> art perspective was. Oh, um, my creative journey was so, yeah, I started young. I knew I wanted to do something art related when I was in, um, grade six, uh, I went to an arts middle school, high school. So, um, did a lot of drawing in my, my teen years and, um, you know, originally thought, Hey, I'd want to go, maybe go to fashion. Cause I, you know, I, I really like aesthetics and design, but then, um, I just knew that I don't think I could survive in a space like that. Uh, it's just, I, I just knew early on the, um, from what was taught you know, in art class that fashion is, would be very, very hard, especially, um, as a female going into it. Um, just the, the pressures of what the standards, um, on the female form and having to go into that and work the hours and the, just the, yeah, it just, I, I knew, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to do that. And so eventually I wanted to be an illustrator or a comic book artist. And I decided maybe I'd go that route. Um, so I got really into like anime. I've always been interested in, um, you know, comics and cartoons, but, you know, like my love for, illustrated books really sort of exploded in high school with that surge of like video game culture. And, you know, when anime hit North America, I was everywhere <laughs> when Sailor Moon and <laughs> Dragon Ball and Pokemon, all of that was coming in. Um, yeah, that's, that's so sort of the time when I was like surging in my anime fever, but then, you know, it died down and I thought, okay, being an artist would be such a hard thing to do. Um, maybe it might be better to study something that is more um, like financially easier. So I studied art therapy um, after university in my mid-20s. I did that for a while because, um, again, like I, I do like the idea of doing something for other people, having some sort of ability to have some service to others. But um, I realized just being in school and when I was interning that, that there's emotional weight that you carry when you're in those type of jobs in like psychology, if you're going to be a therapist, um, there's, a, there's a huge impact that um, emotional, I don't want to use the word baggage, I'm just lack of words like these weights that you carry after being in every session because you know this person is basically just divulging all their emotions onto you and depending on the individual and what they have sometimes it can be very very tiring and I found you know at the end of the day I could wasn't able to emotionally function um 
because I was so exhausted. So I knew like that wouldn't be sustainable long term. So I had to sort of put that aside. And finally, I went back into art and I decided, you know, like this is what I guess what I'm meant to do. And I will have to, you know, maneuver through it the way that every other artist is. And that's what led me to freelancing. I worked in the game industry for a year doing concept art. Um, I worked in social media. And then I decided to go transition into NFTs because I just found it really worked with how I live my life. Like I I don't enjoy nine to five, having to go to an office, being, um, you know, forced to constantly be there. Um, You know, it didn't work with my health, right? Because I have... um, depression, anxiety. So like on days where I'm feeling down, I can work at home, right? I I have flexibility with that. So I find that doing what I do now works best with the type of health and lifestyle that I want to continue long-term. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, that totally, it all makes sense. And and knowing the, um, the background a bit and the journey of the yeah, it takes a toll for sure. Like being, being a part of other people's, um, energy bubbles <laughs> to put it in a, a weird way. Uh, yeah. But anytime you're, you're very close to and, and working with other humans, it, it can be very taxing. Um, yeah. And so I totally empathize with that and I see that come through in your art and I would love to talk a little bit. I think I get a sense of of how your journey with your own mental health and, and being aware of the impact of stressors and anxiety and weights, as you call them on, on other people, um, get a sense of how this impacts and inspires your art. But can you talk to us a little bit about that? Um, how this comes through and in the pieces that you make, if there's one recently, like throw out a title for me too, I can link it in the show notes or something. We can talk about one if you want. Um, I don't have a particular one. A lot of my work is, um, a mix of, you know, daydreams. Um, you know, it's a cross between surrealism and, and part of it is because I do really love dreaming and I love analyzing dreams too. So, um, so part of that is why a lot of my art usually is in some sort of fantasy universe, right? There's no actual, (laughs) you don't see a lot of buildings and structures and things like that. Um, Yeah, it's, and and there's always some sort of like fun aspect. There's uh, a mix of horror in it. And part of that is because, you know, I always like mixing in duality in my art. So it's not going to be a hundred percent sweet. It's not going to be a hundred percent beautiful, you know, and I think that well reflects life and how we have this light and darkness, you know, like, um, that cute little bunny that ends up eating your face alive. (laughs) But that's, that's, that's basically like life is kind of like that, right? You have those beautiful aspects and then you have those really dark, scary aspects of it, but that's just part of what it is right you can't have one without the other and um I like to play with that in 
in my works, right? Um, I think it's just an interesting part of life that um, that it, it is what it is. Just rose-colored glasses. What is that, right? <laughs> it is um, what it is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that balance is like the you know yin yang and yin yang. Excuse me of of life. Um, it's like. Yeah, the duality is something that I think I wonder is is more common for artists without what am I trying to say? I don't know that every artist recognizes how much it inspires them or how much they're examining that in their art. It may not be the primary theme, but I don't know how you can be an artist and not analyze it in some capacity. Um I'm biased. Yeah, of course. It's <laughs> I definitely really do it. True, but. Though. Like you can see it in um, people's lighting, even that, right? Mm-hmm. How uh, people have this broke style lighting in their work or even with the colors um, or they're, they're, they don't even need to show duality. They could be showing the extremes, right? Which still is within the concept. It's just, you know, um, uh, we don't realize how much, as you said, like life impacts how we process and um, what ends up going out in the final piece. It's, um, you know, it's, it's interesting when you sit back and look at your work and you wonder like, why did I do all this? Right. Cause I feel like a lot of artists just, it comes out instinctually. Um, we're not always like, we don't always have like a concept beforehand. We're like, this is exactly what I'm going to create you know it just usually flows out yeah absolutely I mean if I'm looking at I'm looking at your um the tweet that is pinned in the space right now your good morning tweet your work in progress and what if you all haven't looked at this and expanded it at the very bottom you know the it's almost like is this a fur rug I was wondering at first when I was looking at the fingers and then I see the the hands like the tendrils wrapping around the main fingers and it's just so visceral. (laughs) Like all of your pieces, I feel do that to me. And it's like, Oh, this is so cozy. So plushy. Oh my God, those are hands. And then I was like, Oh, but it's kind of nice and sweet. Maybe these are nice hands. Like I'm, I'm curious, you know, and what you just said about not knowing as you're working through the piece, um, like maybe, maybe those are starting as nice hands and they're going to turn into the bunnies that are going to eat her fingertips off. I don't know. Like, (laughs) You, Most don't, of the you time, don't know, I guess. Something's gonna get it eaten, but um, yeah, it's like a, her her hands are actually pushing into this like sea cloud of like ghosts that have like skeletons and things going on. And I, I didn't reveal the whole piece, but these this remnants of this cloud is being sucked up into this head that's coming out of something else. Um, yeah, this transitory state, right? That something always turns into something else um, where, you know, like regardless of what, where we think we are in our, um, in our existence, we're always in a transitory state, right? We're always changing. We're turning into something else after we die. Our bodies turn into something else, right? So it's, um, I, I do enjoy this sort of something turning into something movement within my work because, um, yeah, I just, it, it's, it, it's, it, it's life. It's beautiful. Yeah. You capture it so well. It's so, um, expressive and 
catches me out often when I'm looking at your pieces. I'm like, what? You know, makes me feel icky and beautiful all at the same time. <laughs> and I love that. I love that. I think um, I was talking with uh, with Terry. Terry's here in the space right now. We were chatting a couple months ago and I remember telling him the same thing. It's like, if anything, I've gotten so much more closer to so much more closer. Good grammar. English is my first language. I promise. I've gotten so much closer to uh, art that makes me feel feel unexpected feelings in this space because there's so many artists that I wouldn't necessarily get exposed to, um, through the previous channels that I was consuming art. Right. So dark arts and, and like, but the surrealism that you bring in, um, it's just, it's a sexy, uncomfortable bunny face eater. And I didn't know I was going to get that when I came to web three. <laughs> <laughs> NFTs. And I love it. Well, if you're going to get eaten, it, you might as well be sexy, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the way to go. Oh my gosh. I love it. Uh, there's a question that I ask everybody that I totally missed and I got to go back. Um, I always ask, you know, I love this question now, especially I gotta, gotta get some clarity because maybe it would have changed for you going from Canada to the UK. I don't know. But, um, in per when we're in person someday, um, I'd love to meet you in person and buy you a beverage of any sort. Like if we were going to sit down and have a, have a drink together any time of day, it doesn't have to be of that alcohol variety thing if, unless you want. Now I'm rambling. Anyway, what could I buy you? Right now I'm on this like crazy lemonade, um, obsession i just like so it would be lemonade for now um like it, it depends on my mood really um because yeah like some days i'll i'll want a beer um non-alcoholic i don't drink anymore but um yeah if i was drinking it would be like the driest martini with lots of olives but <laughs> you can't exactly make that um virgin so yeah lemonade for now well, I mean, you could, I'd buy you alcohol. That's fine. I just, I never want to put people in a, in a corner. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to get you drunk unless you want me to, <laughs> then we can do that. No. Um, oh, so I can't drink anymore. I'm AA. Um, I'm, so I'm an addict. I, I don't drink alcohol anymore. I had issues with it through my, um, my twenties. So that is one of the reasons why I stopped drinking. Um, it just, I did so much damage with my family, uh, with my own um, personal career, with my health. And that's definitely one of those struggles that has impacted my career as an artist. But it's also given me so much. So I don't like to advertise it as some sort of like sad, oh, woe is me. Look at me. I'm an, I'm an addict. I have mental illness. Like, what is it? It's like, no, it's yeah, it's it, it was a really shitty time. Um, but it's under control now. And, um, it's taught me a lot about who I am, what I'm capable of, what my boundaries are and who I am. And I, you know, I probably wouldn't have learned all this stuff if I w didn't go through it. So cheers to that. <laughs> yeah, talk about the duality, right? It's like, mm, yeah, the things that we go through that you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily oh. change it, but you're like, damn, that was super destructive, but the shit I got out of it was awesome. So, yeah. We all go through something, right? Mm -hmm. It's um, 
like everyone, if it's not like, if it's not like mental illness issues, it it will be like gender issues. If it's not gender issues, maybe it's, it's like actual physical health issues. If it's not that, and like maybe you um, had problems growing up when you were younger, right? Like there's so many things that um, we experience as human beings. Like I think making these comparative levels of like, this is horrible. No, this is more horrible. Um, this is why I'm going to live in self-pity. It's like, the, I, I always believe that these things that we're given are um, lessons that we can overcome. It's just finding that way to overcome them, right? Things can look so hard and so bleak because we don't know what to do and how to get out of it. But, you know, you can, I think everyone can find their way and learn some valuable tools and lessons along that journey. Yeah. Yeah. What were the, what were the lessons and tools for you? So as you were pulling yourself along and, and recognizing the transition you needed to make, what, what helped you? Um, for me, it was just realizing how, um, selfish I was being at that point, realizing your weaknesses or as people, if you're in in the program, it's like called character defects, learning about your character defects, uh, who you are as a person, the things that you can, that you're capable of, um, in terms of the bad things that you're doing, understanding those things, Um, can do a lot in sobriety. Um, It really teaches you uh, the things, the mistakes that you're doing um, and where there needs improvement. And I think that's an amazing lesson to learn because how how many times in our lives do we take the time to sort of self-reflect on like where we need to improve in our own personal lives, right? As, as individuals, as humans, not thinking about work, not thinking about um, how we function in society, but just us as human beings. So um, it's, it's really taught me so much about how valuable human life is, how valuable a person's mental health is, how valuable you know, people's experiences are and that everyone is sort of going through something and, you know, you, you just never know. Um, I mean, if someone looked at me without knowing my story, they would just think, you know, that I'm doing fine, that life is just perfect, but you know, that's not the case. Right. And that's not the case for most of the people in this world. It's true. It's true. And we all have, it's a reflection, right? Like we all have a story or a thing going on. I like to think it's also how much you, I don't want to say play into or accept. It's like how much you let that story rule you, right? It's one thing to read the book. It's another thing to be in the book um, for the, for the good or the bad of it and re seeing other people and how they, manage their story, <laughs> how they mm-hmm. interact with their, their life. Um, that humanity, humanity reflected back is, is, uh, is one of the powerful things, um, that just came back or came through for me with what you were, what you were resonating. Um, wow. My words are gone. You were just resonating that. Did you know it? Did you know that you could do that? <laughs> <laughs> what? 
I know oh, I just yeah, said. yeah. I, just, I, I totally got that. And don't worry, I always, you know, English is my only language as well. You would think I would know how to speak Korean, but I don't. So, and I mess up English all the time. So <laughs> it's like I know 30% of like any language and then that's it. I'm, I'm pretty horrible with my words. <laughs> well, you're doing, you're doing great today. Uh, I just, it's one of those things where you, you think I'd be better by this at this by now, but um, when I'm listening to somebody speak, I see things and I feel the things more than I can um, when I'm really listening more than I can form my response. Right. And so I don't always find the words <laughs> like, so that's why you were resonating it. <laughs> yeah. Cause I uh, felt no, it. I get that. I, I, I totally get that. Sometimes I just want to hug a person rather than yeah. I don't say. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, it really, it really hit. And I, I feel that you are somebody who sees your story, feels your story, recognizes it. You don't necessarily let it be the be all end all, right? You're putting it to work. You're stepping outside of it. You're putting it to work for other people, not just yourself. Um, it's inspiring, you know, and it comes through, comes through in the way you speak about yourself, speak about others, create art, all these things. So yeah, I'm, I'm lucky to be a part of it. Thanks for sharing it here. It's wonderful. Thank you. Um, yeah, I I, I, th- I realize that I still have a ways to go. Um, I'm, I'm I fumble in the Twitter space once in a while. Um, it's it's weird living in a space um, seven days a week, twenty four seven. Like it, it's like having thousands of roommates <laughs> who you're constantly talking to every day, and so um, it, it's. You know what I mean? Like it feels like that. So sometimes you start to bicker with one another, but it's just because, you know, you're with each other all the time. And so, you know, I, I do fumble sometimes in this uh, space, but if I'm, I'm hoping that the the world uh, will continue to be forgiving with me because yeah, it's, it's hard to operate in with an account and when you're with friends to sort of form a quote unquote brand and have that sort of awareness of that, you're representing that brand 24, seven, seven days of the week, all the time when you're with friends. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's the idea of like, just be yourself, but then you're like, I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> there's only so much that you can do that right well there's also like you don't want to like I don't want to all the time I don't I don't actually want to be on here 24 7 I love y'all but man like it's too too loud for me I need to go sit and stare at a tree for a second I'm that person yeah no it's Twitter does, um, I wish people would spend less time on Twitter. Uh, it's, I, at this point I have no choice because I'm doing <laughs> the, the, the curation. Um, but I, I agree with you. The less time you spend on Twitter and focusing on your real life, the more, um, healthy your, ment- your mental health will be for sure. It's just, it's so busy and it's overwhelming and it's, it takes a lot out I've I've definitely learned how to pace my my presence here um, just because I had so many burnouts last year because you get this pressure Um, but then 
you know, you forget that there's a beautiful world out there filled with actual human beings you can consensually touch. Well, you can non-consensually touch, right? But then you're going to go to jail. But you know what I mean? (laughs) There are human beings out there to be with and they're much more fun to be around than, you know, typing out your feelings constantly, which frankly, I find really annoying because, um, you know, being able to talk to someone is a lot more cathartic and um, satisfying than having a conversation um, through words, in my opinion. I mean, text. (laughs) Through words. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is. I mean, that's, this is shamelessly why I started this, this, uh, this podcast. Right. And I do it in Twitter because like, we're all here and you know like I like to listen to spaces while I'm working or making art or doing whatever but like go to the people put it where put it in the space that they are but totally totally feel you that like like while I'm glad that people are here and listening and like I'm glad that I get to talk to you in person I hope that we all are taking equal if not double the amount of time away from here because it's like whoa it's a necessary evil. It's it's that duality again. Fuck. It's like everywhere, you know? Yeah, it's, it's just yeah. in your face. I ruined it for everyone. There's me seeing duality everywhere they go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. But yeah, it's um to be able to talk to people and get to know the personality a bit more through your voice, through your, you know, audible mannerisms, things like this, um, your cadence of speech, all of that, it, it, it improves my experience here. You know, like it's totally a selfish thing. And I hope through this that other people get to know you and my other guests in that way so that maybe maybe they go listen to it like off of Twitter, you know, go hang out with the podcast, go discover more artists through them talking about their art um is yeah i'm with you it's a it's a weird thing to be with a bunch of roommates in an internet space all the time all smushed against each other just saying weird things getting smelly it's just yeah (laughs) you need to take a shower yeah for sure Oh my goodness. Okay. So tell, going back to your art a little bit, tell me where we can find your work. You know, like where are you minting things most recently or planning to in the future? Like what's going on with your art real time right now? Um, so right now I'm just minting on foundation and I just dropped another piece on known origins. Um, but right now I'm sticking to those two right now. I'm sort of transitioning out of, um, I've dabbled with like smaller platforms. Um, uh, I'm totally forgetting some small platforms. (laughs) Oh no, this is so bad. Let me see if Uh, I can help. I got your website up. Let's see. Like there's Trigamma that I was on. That's a Bitcoin. Um, platform which is good if you have like smaller drops but i had a large one up there and it was um it, it's just it, it's still a, like a budding uh, platform so yeah dart room which is good for algaland um the environmentally friendly um coin um i dropped there um i have i have artwork on maker place open seas and i think that's it for now um but I'm focusing on the the main ones right now, Foundation and Known Origins, just because um, I'm trying to find a new place for my art. Um, I have some big stuff that I want to drop, but I, I 
I'm hoping to eventually get into super rare. It's been a bit of a struggle, but um, yeah, I just, uh, I just, I don't enjoy doing application forms. It's just, they just take so long. <laughs> I know it's, I sound really lazy, but it's just like, it just takes so long, right? They want three new pieces. They want a video. They want typed up stuff. I'm like, and, and they don't, and they don't give back, um, they don't tell you if you got in or not. So you're just like waiting in the dark, like some nervous person. <laughs> just holding on to pieces in your pocket. They're burning a hole. You just want to want to share them with the world. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. So I, I've just, I've, um, I've just, I'm just sort of kind of do want to apply, kind of don't want to apply, maybe just keep doing what I'm doing and seeing how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that for sure. I didn't realize you were minting on, um, Bitcoin also, man. I don't, I don't know how many people do that. I haven't Uh, discovered it for myself yet. Yeah. It's, if you can do, they, they smell small. Um, so it's mainly for collectibles on Trigamma, um, but they do have like a fine art section, um, and they do make sales, but um, it's quite low amounts. So maybe we're talking about maybe like two hundred dollars US, three hundred dollars US. But if you're doing like a a large drop, right, a piece that you worked long hours on that you want to sell for maybe like more than 0.5 ETH. Um, like I just haven't seen those numbers sell on that platform yet. So I just feel like the market's not there yet. Right. The collector group is not there yet. But um, if you have smaller pieces that you want to drop, definitely if you want to kind of get into that, the people with Bitcoin, because there are people with Bitcoin, there are money holders. Um, it's just that it's, um, they, it, it just hasn't exploded yet. Um, and those collectors don't want to switch over to Ethereum. They're just like Bitcoin loyalists. So, I mean, for anybody out there who is wants to sort of spread the range of coins that you're using, you consider that. Cool. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's good to know. I have heard people um, dabbling with it, but hadn't dug in, dug in myself. That's cool. And yeah, Algorand, the Algo. Um, yep. Are you on Solana at all? No, I don't know how well Solana's doing um, and how how um, how are the sales on Solana? You know, I've been seeing a lot of, um, like, talk about the bubbles, right? Like, within the abstract art world, it seems like the Solana space is, is having success for a gaggle of abstract artists totally blanking form function that's the name of the platform i haven't haven't dropped myself over there yet um also because i i just i don't know i'm on ethan tezos and i just feel like building your building your collector base on two is hard enough (laughs) hard enough um but yeah i i don't know enough about um the other types of platforms on solana and i i don't know should talk to rocket about it rocket seems to be over there having some success as well but yeah it seems to mostly be abstract art so far uh, that's just my own what i'm getting uh served on twitter you know what i'm seeing land there 
Okay. Well, I, I will um, take a look at Solana, but yeah, it's um, uh, getting that collector base is uh, tough right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. It always be nervous. And I'm, because I'm a introvert, just those people that like just reach out to collectors and talk to them. It always, it's, <laughs> like, how are these people doing this? Because I never know, like, what do you say to a collector when you're talking to them? It's just, it's, it's, it's just so nerve wracking for me that it's, um, it's a difficult thing that I struggle with. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I am not one to uh, give advice in that realm because I'm similar. I'm definitely a, uh, I don't DM too much. No. And when, if I, if I go and collect anything, um, I'm, you know, you, you get the DM solicitations and they're never something that I would ever go do. Like I, you know, if I look at them as an example of like somebody saying like, Oh, you bought that art now go look at mine. I would, I would never do that. I just don't hawk collectors that way. I'm more focused on just making pieces, uh, and making friends really, I don't know. Like I just like finding other artists and collectors who vibe with me. And that's a very West coast U S way to talk. I realize now. <laughs> no, no, true. no. I, no, I, I think that it's, a, it's a, for me that feels just feels like a more organic approach, right? You're just really letting everything breathe and you just go where things feel comfortable for you. And I feel the exact same way. I'm not, like, would I love to find collectors and get them to look at my art and buy it? Yes, I would love it. But do I want to? No, I just want to, like, as you said, just kind of, like, move through the space, go towards people that I feel comfortable with, make friends, have a good time, work on my art, and then let's see where this takes us, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if anything, it's actually, for me right now, too, it, it's such a high compliment to have other artists buying my art, you know, like it's so huge, you know, to have another, another creative human look at your pieces and think, Oh man, that's great. I want to, I want to own that. I want to be a part of that artist journey too. Um, that's amazing. So that's one of the things about web three that I, I think is so powerful and fun. It's not always like you're saying, it's not always going to be it's not big sitting, not always big collector sales. Those are, actually fewer and further between despite what I think people <laughs> see on the timeline. Um, but yeah, just making that, that community and uh, growing with it, I think, I think it's a fun way to go. And there's a lot of collectors I'm seeing, like my interpretation of this, there's a lot of collectors too that look and see which artists are buying what other artists work. You know, they, they use them, use the artist eye as a guide and, uh, that's intriguing to see too. So I don't know as much as other art, as much as you're able to collect other artists art, I think it's awesome, but I hear you too. It's not something everybody can do. So this isn't me promoting, like saying that artists need to go buy each other's stuff. Um, if you can and you want to awesome, but if you can't like totally get it, it's not the cheapest endeavor. But. Yeah. Owning, being able to support art is a very it's it's tough right because I, I i do believe that art should be sold at a higher price than it is now because it's um i i really believe in fair wage for artists and we in general don't get paid what we deserve um we're always undercut right and we're always overworked um if you're working commercially 
Um, so like, that's why, like, I think it's always important to buy artists work at the same time. Like, as you said, it's like, it can't, it's not cheap a lot unless you're buying like additions and they're selling it for low, um, to get like a one-on-one is, um, it's not the cheapest thing at the same time. If you save up for an artist that you really love and get one, I think it's to, to do that is, uh, wonderful way to support the community and if you find something that you love and to contribute to it it's it just it helps the economy go around yeah that makes sense it does it does and yeah plus 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 to fair wage for artists oh my goodness i don't know that could be a whole nother hour so we won't get into that but i just want you to know that same page (laughs) champion that (laughs) applause I don't know, whatever the hell you want me to do, clap. Um, Izzy, I want to know where you're headed and what you're manifesting for yourself and for your for your art. I know we heard a bit about your curation and wanting to be a part of the community and do things outside of buying art, but um, yeah, what are you what are you up to? Um, for now, I'm looking to just focus on improving my work. I mean. Um, at this point in my life, because I came into the art game so late um, in comparison to a lot of other artists who start, you know, before university, like they start right when they're in university and they're putting their stuff out. You know, um, I started quite late because of what was going on in my 20s. So I know that there's a lot of things technically that I need to practice and you know build better foundations on so that's basically where my mindset is right now um obviously to you know uh just grow my collector base um and but also um Oh, it's it's never really been about um, the money. I just want to know that I've gotten to a place where I feel confident as an artist, right? And I just feel like I'm in that transitory state right now where I'm, I'm still in it. So um, it's hard to say like where things will be in 20 years. Um, I do know that I still want to be in this community. I do know that um, I want to continue to um, do what I'm doing in terms of community work and being able to make more connections with artists, help us grow, um, be able to share different experiences to different communities so they can have a better understanding of the diversity and the um, just the journeys of other people in this space and hopefully that changes the space as a whole in terms of people's um, ability to feel I don't know if anybody will ever be able to feel safe in, in, a, in a space in social media I don't think that's possible but maybe it can improve you know what I mean Absolutely. So um, just being able to be a part in that small shift, um, I think that would be, that's a major goal for me because um, really it's, it's going to take a lot more work than just a person or a few people. Right. But I do believe that um, things can rub off on other people 
And if their experience is positive and or improves, then that that will get passed on to someone else and so forth. So let's see how it goes. (laughs) Uh, I am excited to see where it goes as well. I'm right there with you. I I don't deign to uh, create a safe space, even with this Twitter space or the series, but it's at least a welcoming one, right? That's the goal. Um, But yeah, like humans are pretty volatile. You know, we just don't know what we're going to do at any given moment. <laughs> I know what I'm going to do most of the time, but who knows? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, not to, not to put that in a bad light, not trying to cast a bad light. It's just like, there is, um, yeah, there's no, there's no telling. Like I can't open this room and, and tell you that like somebody's not going to come in and do the, uh, equivalent of a, a verbal, uh, streaking across the stadium field, you know? <laughs> No you know, idea. if it was my face, I would have no problem with that. <laughs> but I warn you, if you're gonna if you're gonna digitally streak in my space, I will digitally shame you. <laughs> Just, <laughs> like, <laughs> I have no fears, but I do worry about certain because we're all coming into this space with different traumas and experiences. You just don't know how that is going to affect someone else. Right. So that that's what I'm thinking about for me. I can, I can take the weirdos. (laughs) (laughs) Like when you, you grow up with certain experiences and there's certain things that just don't phase you. Right. (laughs) Those things, not so much, but, um, but I do know that certain people are a bit, um, more sensitive to certain things that go on in the space and that can have a, um, a negative, negative impact on them. Yeah, absolutely. It's true. Um, I want to know one thing that everyone should know about you. Is there something top of mind? Not really. I'm not as nice as people think I am. Um, no, but I, I like to, um, I, I like to say that to people when they, just cause, um, you know, the persona that you put out on, on Twitter, right. Obviously you're going to be in a good mood. You're going to be happy, but, um, I, I try not to, um, create, create this like positive I'm like a super kind kind person persona because that leaves no room for mistakes and errors and for just being human right and so um I need to remind people hey you know what I'm probably gonna fuck up in this space I'm probably I might do something that might rub you the wrong way because you know, maybe I'll have a bad day. So it's for me, it's just letting people know that like, I'm still a human being, right? Just to make sure and not think that I'm some sort of glorified, like saint. And then I get knocked off that pedestal and they're coming after me because, you know, suddenly I'm human, right? I made an error. So yeah, I'm not that nice. one of the best answers I've gotten to that question I think the most candid at least no it's it's a it's good like that's so it's really good to hear it's refreshing to hear right it's like yeah like I can be a really sarcastic crass person but I don't know if that comes across my timeline because I do I do second guess sometimes like I want to be sassy I don't want people to think I'm being a dick I'm just feeling sassy today you should definitely be more sassy I would love to I know (laughs) Um, yeah. All right. It, but it, 
it is refreshing to like tweet that stuff out yeah. at the same time. Um, you just don't know who's going to understand what you're saying and, you know, like yep. understand who you are as a person that can hold you back. And that is definitely, it, it, it's tricky, right? It is tricky being on Twitter and to be really understood as an individual, as a full fledged, like multifaceted human being. Yeah. I mean, it's really easy to take shit out of context, like so easy. So I think that's more when I, if I'm giving off an impression of like self-censorship, it's more from a, like, am I going to wake up tomorrow and think that this matters anymore? If not, mm, probably not going to talk about it because I've learned that lesson in life. It's like, this isn't, it's not really helpful for me personally to use it as a venting mechanism (laughs) because I find that my vents are, uh, ugh. They come back later and it's like, no, I felt, I feel totally different after a, after a good sleep or walk outside. So yeah. Anyway. So yeah. Izzy's not, uh, not as nice as, uh, as you think. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, the, I like to end the, the series here or the session here with, um, with guest Q and a. So if anybody is, uh, interested in joining and uh, wants to ask some questions, please feel free to request. I'm not going to force anybody up on stage by any means. Um, uh, don't let Terry up because uh, <laughs> he's a well-known shit starter. Um, he's been to many of my spaces and just caused garbage fires and left laughing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So no, uh, no Terry's um, got it. No, I would love to have Terry on stage if they wanted to, but no pressure. Um, <laughs> while we wait to see if anybody is going to come up on stage and uh, grace us with their presence, I would love, I have a rapid uh, question round if you're down for it. Sure. Why not? All right. Uh, what's your favorite color? Red. I feel like I would, I feel like I knew that. That makes sense. Um, you have a favorite season? Autumn. Beautiful. Red leaves. Autumn. Got it. Um, additions or one of ones? One of ones. Discord or Twitter? Oh, Twitter. Discord's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> like, does anybody use Discord as much as they use Twitter in the NFT space? I don't know. I think it maybe depends on the person. I definitely don't. I'll, I'll, I'll take a nice break from it and then come back and be like, okay. And then like for two days I'm like in there and then I'm like, nope, just disappear again. Uh, that's a painful one. Um, you could use one piece of artistic equipment for the rest of your life. What is it? Oh, that's painful. Oh, it would have to be a pen. Hmm. Beautiful. It's very sweet. I like that answer. Um, you could collect one piece of art from any time in history, past, present, well, not future. It doesn't exist yet. Um, but you could collect one piece, no price limit. What would it be? Oh, okay. So the first one that jumps into my head would be an Alexander Calder, one of his mobile pieces. Oh my God. I would just love a huge mobile. Even though I have no children, I would, I just set it up there. I, yeah. That's fun. Um, That's fun. That's very whimsical. That's really like, but wait, I don't wait. Are there any that aren't like, does he have like skulls on them? 
Um, no, I don't have any like skull art. A lot of my favorite, favorite pieces are very like happy, um, fun pieces. Uh, kind of like the way my, the way I like the look of my, the interiors of my houses. It'll basically look like children's rooms, (laughs) (laughs) just like bright primary colors and old, like child looking things. It's really, yeah. No, that's, that's sweet. I was just making sure that like, I wasn't, when you said, uh, you know, you're talking about the mobile and I'm like, it. I assumed that, um, but then like he could have gone totally other end there and like made it very like dark art, you know, like gore or something. And I was like, am I anyway, <laughs> just making sure I was understanding, wasn't putting too many assumptions on, uh, anyway, a couple more. Here we go. Uh, roadmap or no roadmap? No roadmap. Life is too, um, like you, I think you could have goals, but like, I just feel like life is just way too um, tricky to have things like set like that. Yeah. I really like being fluid. Yeah. What's your favorite emoji? Uh, The knife. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And my last, uh, my last question for you, does pineapple belong on pizza? Oh, are there any Italians in the audience? Because <laughs> I don't want to piss them off. Who cares? Let it fly. Oh, uh, I love anything can be on a pizza. Anything can go on a piece of bread with cheese on it. And and sometimes pizza doesn't even have cheese. Right. So I know. Yeah. Like anything can go nowadays. I love it. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm solidly in that camp also. I don't even, yeah, I'm, I've been a vegan now for a couple of years and uh, I don't even eat cheese on my pizza anymore and it's still delicious and anything goes. So totally with you on that camp. I do. Yeah. I'll, I'll have it periodically, but actually they're like some of the best pizzas I've had don't even have cheese on them, which seems crazy, but like, yeah, you get that a good sauce and a good, like, uh, like mushrooms and, um, some good basil in there, things like that. It's like, it's real good. Real good. Super savory. But yeah, yeah, pineapple. Yeah. Bread, bread is king. Bread tastes so good when it's fresh. Bread with anything is just, I'm, I'm, I feel like we're going into food now. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we should. Home <laughs> brings back. <laughs> Welcome to the Art of Food. This is a new podcast by M. Branson and Izzy. No, uh, we won't go there. Um, nobody has any questions for you. It's okay. Maybe people feel cozy. They don't want to come on, come up on stage. Um, let me double check my DMs. Make sure nobody wrote me any questions. That's fine too. Yeah, it is evening for a lot of people too. And it's Friday. Maybe it people are getting ready to go out or do something fun or working. It is daytime in other places. So yeah, this is what international life is, I suppose. It's a beautiful thing. I love it. Yeah. I, um, I really appreciate that you took the time to come do this with me. It's been, um, a pleasure. I love learning more about all people, but this has been a supreme joy. So thank you. I appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. Um, this is really fun. Normally my 
I don't really have Fridays just because, again, I'm working from home. So I usually work Saturdays and Sundays. I dress in some way or form. So um, it's just another day for me. So um, and I'm always happy to have a chat with you because, um, yeah, I've been waiting for this. I've always been I've heard you in your other spaces and I, you're a little bit mysterious on Twitter. <laughs> I think it's because it's not because you're trying to be, but because you um, you're not Twitter obsessed like the rest of us. Like you do take your breaks and then you come back, but you're not on here 24 seven. Right. So, um, yeah, you're just I'll tell you the secret. It's because I have a full time job. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah. You full time jobbers. Part-time all you mysterious ones out there. I know. Yeah. If uh, I'm still, I'm still on the lines. I'm still Googling with the rest of you. Um, no, yeah, it's, uh, I would love to be able to make the transition, but like you said, you know, financials, right. You got to be able to pay the mortgage, eat the food. I love to travel. So yeah, I still, I work a full-time job and I make as much art as I can when I'm not. And, yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to be mysterious on purpose, but uh, maybe maybe people like it that way. Maybe I should cut that part out of this and not let people know that part. I don't know. No, well, you uh, you can. I, I think you're still you're still going to be mysterious just because. Yeah, when you're on here twenty four seven, the only thing you can do is basically talk about yourself. <laughs> it makes me very uncomfortable. That's actually something I'm trying to get better at. So yeah, I just interview other people and, and kind of talk with them about things as a way of uh, practicing that. So yeah, thanks for letting Monday, me uh, do that. One day you will join us in the future. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get into it slowly. I know, I know. Uh, I just can't imagine that like all the all the shit I have to share is that that exciting for people, but I'll work on it. Um, Terry, you were raising your hand so politely. Thanks for coming up. Yeah. Hello. Oh, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Branson is actually for mystery Branson. So oh, wow. we all know this now. <laughs> mystery <laughs> Branson, mystery science Branson theater. Welcome. <laughs> So Izzy, if you could have your work displayed large, uh, where would you place it? Uh, what would be your like dream location? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. I guess Times Square. That's that's the standard place most people. Because I'm North American, right? So that would be like my, I guess my place that I think would be a, a big achievement area um or you can get one of my pieces tattooed all over your body terry that would be great a full like one of those like body tattooed back to front head to toe i would love that and then you could walk around like a performative piece jesus wow toe tattoos oh my god yeah so Terry, when are you getting that one done? <laughs> that, that's the joke I already have. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it! I love I have it. To politely declined this offer, Izzy. I appreciate it though. But we could mint it on Super Rare together. <laughs> I'm not even on Super Rare. 
It's only a matter of time for all these talented souls. Yeah. I'm excited to, uh, to see your, uh, application video, Izzy, when you get, when you get to it. Oh, I'm never going to release it. I never release that stuff. (laughs) I hate releasing photos of my face, but I do it because, um, people usually call me dude or bro. So I'll periodically show my face out there and then I'll go back to not sharing it. I don't think my face or voice is as interesting as... We can make memes of it. So that's that's excellent. Oh, wow. (laughs) I don't love myself that much that I need to be a meme. That's just too much. (laughs) It is a next level. Yeah, it's like... The, f- the fear of the meme I have I have meme fear I don't I don't have meme envy at all so yeah I don't want to do that <laughs> yeah the dude the dude thing happens a lot um same 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 over here yeah so. and and I, I don't always want to put my pronouns out there just because I sometimes I just want to put my name I just want to have a name and that's it uh so yeah it, it is what it is it is it is I totally, I totally feel that. It's a lot. It can be a lot to like lay yourself out there and label everything about yourself so that people feel comfortable knowing all of that. But I respect it. And um, yeah, Terry, are you going to get your tattoo soon? Have you reconsidered? (laughs) I haven't reconsidered. (laughs) What if I get um, Ducky to do it? Calico. Still, full body tattoo of someone's art is quite some dedication and commitment. Uh, <laughs> I have a tattoo of uh, my partner, and I got we 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 were uh, having a drink as people do sometimes, and did a little sketch, and we have matching tattoos of uh, technically each other's art. You know, like, that's sweet, but. I'm not tattoo phobic. I I am that person who will go in and give a general general direction, and then let the artist do what they will do because I love not having to think about it. Interesting. I haven't gotten one yet, but I'm pretty sure Ducky will be the first one because um, eventually I want to visit Germany because it's so close to the UK, and I know that she's gonna want to stab me when I get there. So. I'm not leaving Germany. The two for one bargain. Berlin, yeah. Two for one the bargain. Two for one bargain. Why? She gets to stab me and I get a tattoo? Yeah. That's the two for one bargain? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, Terry, thanks for coming up and uh, asking. That was actually a really cool question. I liked it. And we got to tattoos, like full body, a full body tattoo of Izzy's art from head to toe that would be paraded streaked across a field no doubt <laughs> you should add that to your new art pieces that people are allowed to do that oh oh no I just don't <laughs> are you rethinking it now yeah I just started to get the visuals and I was like oh that might not be a good idea Oh my goodness. Well, uh, let us know okay. if you change your mind and we'll make sure to get Terry tattooed. Ready? Yep. 
All right. I'm going to, I'm going to close this up because this has been awesome. And we got to end on that full body tattoo note. Made my, made my toes tingle. I'm excited. Got to go plan the next one. I have an image of what Terry looks like naked right now. (laughs) I don't know what he looks like. Love it. Oh my God. This is how I'm leaving your face. I think it's perfect. This is, uh, I would expect no less. I think it's, it's super on, on brand. Way to go. Way to be on brand. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. I told you. Oh, uh, dumpster fire. No problem. Anytime. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, thank you again so much for being here. Um, not just you, Izzy. I mean, obviously, thanks for being here, but thanks for for everybody who's tuned in um, in person later on. Um, if you share the space, you share the podcast when it comes out, thank you so, so much. I appreciate it. That's how we get more ears on the artists um, coming up. So the next one of these will be in a couple of weeks. Um, I actually have Amber Vittoria queued up to, to come up and uh, do an interview. So I'm stoked about that. So be sure to keep an eye out. And uh, yeah, when the podcast comes out, I'll tweet it out on my account and the one-to-one account and please share it. Help us get more ears on Izzy. All right. Yeah. I, yeah. Sorry. I, I heard Terry speak. So I was just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Izzy, you have any, any, I almost said last words and that sounds morbid. Any last little bits to send us off with? Uh, no, I just want to thank everyone for showing up and listening to us talk. Um, I know we got a little weird at the end, but um, <laughs> that's generally how most talks that I'm involved in go. So <laughs> thank you for taking the time to listen to us. And thank you so much for inviting me to this space. I had a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I really had a great time here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I'll turn on some tunes and uh, thanks again, everybody, for being here. Much love. Have a great weekend. Have a great weekend.